0: Welcome to Vale's World. It's the team. What's up? 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 oh man i'm feeling feeling real groovy after yesterday what's up what's up it's your boy lavelle d munger your host for veils world podcast if y'all don't know y'all will know follow us on all social media platforms at veils world podcast if you'd like to send us an email about some inspiring stuff about a good read about what's popping with you feel free to hit us up at veils world podcast at ldmunger.com yet again we got another great show for you all we're gonna start off with a good read what's popping and then a hot topic and y'all don't want to miss this one so let's start off with a good read Dapper Dan made in Harlem a memoir by Daniel R. Day Dapper Dan, last year was very interesting, but let me tell you how I got to this book. I'm a part of this book club called Books and Bourbon. It's a virtual platform, cool guys. I did my first one last month. We um, read over the Alchemist together, which is great. And folks just out there with their cigars, their yak or whatever the bourbon is for the day and just discuss a book, it's like an hour discussion. We have about 15 guys or more on and off at a time real great so this month's book is Dapper Dan and last year a lot of us became aware of Dapper Dan because of the Gucci controversy and he was one of the individuals that spoke out as an advocate for Gucci during those times but this book oh man is, is a memoir it talks about his life it talks about his legacy and honestly I can tell you that 90% of this book has nothing to do with fashion directly it was literally giving us the story of how he became the pioneer that he's known for today uh, with his now legendary store on 125th Street in Harlem, Dapper Dan pioneered high-end streetwear in the 1980s, remixing classic luxury brand logos onto his own innovative, glamorous designs. He was a hungry boy with the holes in his shoes, a teen who daringly gambled drug dealers out of their money, and a young man in a prison cell who found nourishment in books. And this is a remarkable memoir. He tells us his full story, and honestly, I needed it. I needed to. The- hear everything about this individual from the humble beginnings all the way to the person that he he is now and known for now I remember you know being in St. Louis we had a store named Gus that had the jackets and you get all the NBA patches on there and just seeing those ride out and rock out seeing the jackets that had the Gucci imprint seeing all the Gucci belts and things of that nature seeing how black culture really evolved and he started in the 80s so in the 90s when, when I was born in early 2000s when I started seeing those things one of the biggest things that that reminded me of myself by reading this book is his, is his moment in which he accepted being a gangster nerd and his process of learning things, his process of being protective over his over the women in his life, the process of being young and having to grow up so fast. All those things I can relate to, decades uh, removed from him as well as distance. St. Louis is far away from Harlem. So I'm happy that I was able to read this book and get that, that foundation of, of understanding of who Dapper Dan is outside of... The- fashion world and knowing the trial and tribulations that he was going through as a fashion icon and the crazy thing about all that is that he was still getting sued even in through the new millennium like in 2011 like what so he's been doing this since the 1980s all the way to 2011 and still getting sued like it was crazy and mind-blowing so anybody that's into fashion into the history of some of our most legendary and iconic fashion pioneers this is is a book for you. Anybody that's that's involved in street culture, hip-hop culture, and seeing the era in which fashion and, and streetwear collided, this book is for you. And if anybody that just grew up from humble beginnings that just needs something to remind you that yes, there will be trials and tribulations for every success and that the ones who continue to push through and, and prosper are the ones that win at the end. Dapper Dan Made in Harlem, a memoir by Daniel R. Day. Must read. Shoot us an email email at World Podcast at ldmonger.com what's popping i can't start this off without saying yesterday was very entertaining if anybody familiar with new york culture philly culture and just you know all that all that good jazz if anybody was dipset fans I, they had some classics yesterday was very interesting Cam is is really 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 Rico. It's it's hard to to not acknowledge that, and it's everything that I expected from Dipset. I know growing up, basketball team like we we were Dipset fanatics. Dipset and G Unit like it, it was either or. Paid in full, really broke the mold for me as it pertains to being a Cameron fan, Rico, because of what he did to my dog, Money Making Mitch. But it was all classy, man. I'm not surprised that the locks won because, you know, you got Kiss, man. He's a lyrical monster, man. He's really one of the most underrated hip-hop artists around. And that's everybody with lyrics can't necessarily be mainstream. And he found a way to dip and dab in a mainstream, but lyri- lyrically... And on features, man, Jada, if I see Jada on the track, I'm listening. He just got, he has, he has the boards. He has the talent. So yeah, salute versus yesterday. Definitely brought it to the durags, the big jackets, baggy jeans, tall tees. And that was fly. <laughs> the NBA jackets with all the patches, fly. The headband on top of the, the durag, man, it's, it was wild. Big up to that. Oh, man. So Monday I actually went and called a client when I got in because I, I met them at their house to do the interview for a video and they had candles. It smelled good. Like when I was walking up it smelled good and then I noticed that man they was making candles they do t-shirts um, printing and things of that nature. So me being a person I am I support black businesses and I definitely support businesses that support people of my color and background even if they haven't supported me. They're just the type of person I am. So I have so many books from black authors. They're just my swag man. I believe in giving more and the things that you want to receive. So it it always balances out. But I walk in for the interview. I'm smelling the candles. They will definitely give Bath and Body Works a a run for their money once they get the, the proper distribution. Marketing and all of that together because these candles are amazing. So I purchased two candles. He gave me a bar of soap and I also purchased a t-shirt and I'm definitely planning on going back. I'm a I'm a huge candle guy. I just started liking candles during COVID, honestly. So it allowed me to get in my candle bag and right now I got a candle called King. The business is the Black Express Company and I got the King candle and the Queen candle was fire. The power, the unity, I, all of them. Like they would have had all my money. So I just had like, yeah, let me get these two and get up out of Dodge for y'all to take all my money. In. Check them out for any candles. I think they got the little oil things as well. Man, they got so much, man. They need to make a, a, a car freshener in a minute. But yeah, Black owned Candle Company, man. I'll make sure I put that in here so y'all can go ahead and follow, follow my boys. Simone took a break for mental health. She, she tried to push through. And I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of people really acknowledging mental health and being vocal about it. There's nothing wrong with it. And we have found ways to make it seem as if it's the worst thing in the world or that you're weak or whatnot and all these things. So Simone missed out on the votes and things of that nature, but she decided to do the beam. Won bronze. It's still cool because she removed herself from the competition for a couple days just to get back where she needs to be in order to perform and for her to come out days resting and be able to compete and win third. That's impressive. Salute her. And of course, everybody been talking about this for the last two weeks. We've been talking about the baby. Being canceled. First and foremost, I want to say y'all canceling these festivals and all these things for the wrong reasons. There's no way in hell there should be enormous numbers groups of people gathering for a goddamn music festival. Like there shouldn't. Like this year, music festival should have been on halt. Like there's no reason music festival should have been a thing. Like there's no reason 65,000 people should have been outside of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Suns Arena for a goddamn finals playoffs like that. doesn't make sense to me so it's a lot of reasons you should have been counseling shit that had nothing to do with the baby but let's go back to the baby people need to have an amazing pr team for one what he said was wrong and what was worse was his response yes as black people as people that has a certain amount of success and things of that nature we get into the, a defensive mode where we feel like we always have to defend ourselves but sometimes the best defense mechanism is shutting the hell up letting things probably letting things die down, creating the best response ever, and not just responding off emotion. So he got, honestly, the performance really isn't what got him canceled. That's what's easy to direct the energy toward. It was more of him going on live and, like, made everything worse. No, bro, shut up, shut up, shut up. A wise man once said nothing at all. Have people that you can consult and figure out what's the best way to approach this. When it comes to your money, try your best not to take it personal, understanding that this is a business decision. So this has to be a business response because it's going to affect you and impact you on a business level. But no, he didn't do that. He responded. And in the weeks, he's been dropped from everything. I recently saw one of the radio stations, they said they were counseling their summer jam festivities, not because of COVID, not because of cases are spiring up, because of all the things that's going on in the world, including the baby's recent comments and all this other stuff. What that? was insane like everybody's blaming everything on the baby right now and he just needs to figure that part out feel like he can bounce back because they always do no one is really counseled forever definitely a learning moment for him and for a lot of people especially coming from the inner city communities where we're not really exposed to a lot of things and we we communicate differently and the way we communicate is not necessarily expressed or politically correct and we don't care to be politically correct in most cases so that's where that lie the baby you know get it together shut up let it die down because it always does yeah so if anything's popping in you all's world or y'all got some comments to say on anything that i said on my podcast that you volunteered to listen to feel free to hit us up on facebook twitter and instagram at veils world podcast or shoot me an email at veils world podcast at ldmonger.com now to the hot topic Dapper Dan reminded me that I may be from St. Louis, but I might, I just might be Harlem at heart. And when I think about it, Langston Hughes, The Harlem Renaissance, *Raising in the Sun, Paid in Full, American Gangster, Malcolm X, Dipset, The Hustle, The Flash. I think of all these different things. I'm like, wow. Just naturally gravitated to it. In high school, I played the lead role in *Raising in the Sun. Did the play, which was dope. I liked it. Very interesting. That was in 2008. and did an amazing job. And knowing where the title of Raising in the Sun, Langston Hughes, which is my favorite poet, one of the hottest poets during the Harlem Renaissance. I added that piece in his poem A Dream Deferred so it always had that connection I believe Langston Hughes book was the first book that I seen that was just a book of poem and I always said that I wanted to publish a book of poems. Well, a book of raps because poems wasn't wasn't tough at, at the time. But I said I always wanted to publish these things. And what's impressive is I found all my raps from high school in my grandma's basement when we was moving. So I lost them again. I'm quite sure I'll find them again once she moved again. And I realized that, dang, I really had a dream to do something with this outside of just recording, but really publishing this, putting this in a book format and giving it to the world. And reading some of those raps, it allowed me to understand the space that I was in. And with my music, listening to my music, I was able to compare where I was from the last time I recorded then everything past tense to where I was when I started recording in high school. And it was amazing. I couldn't believe I was going through that stuff. I can't believe how happy life has become. I can't believe how I was able to manage and process and get through all the things that I was able to get through. I remember remember my mother telling me a Couple of years before she, you know, before she passed, that I was happier when I was creating music, when I was able to use that as an outlet to to verbalize how I felt and how I think because I accepted a long time ago that how I think is not necessarily popular opinion and at times I find myself in heated debates based on my views of things so I just put it in music and let them debate the music which was which was pretty cool and a lot of things that I was saying was actually right I always view things as universally truth as possible and, and try to stay away from convenient truths, trying to stay away from things that benefit me and that's why it's right opposed to how does this benefit the world, even in high school? Which is interesting because I became an anthropologist. <laughs> Paid in full. Man, Ace Bug. Money making Mitch. Al Po Rico. I can watch this movie over and over and over again. I know so many parts. I've seen so many different versions of myself and all three of those individuals, which was incredible. I watched the the documentaries behind those that led to the creation of the movie itself. I was all into the the fashion scene. I felt like I knew exactly what it meant to be from Harlem. I felt like I knew exactly what a visionary thinking for always wanted to be under the radar. And still that person today, always listen and be able to put things together. It showed me that you can be a gangster in undergrad. I was a public speech and theater scholar. And in my class, we had to do a monologue. And I did Malcolm X. It only made sense. It only made sense. You can't even get drugs in Harlem without the white man's permission. You can't even get alcohol in Harlem without the white man's permission. Oh, my God. It was. I got an A. Yeah, I didn't know. But just the things that were being said, just Malcolm X himself and what Harlem made him. We talking about Detroit Red. We talking about a guy from from the South having a move that was smart, that that went into the drug life, that went into the 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 scamming life that that was able to become one of the best and most influential civil rights leaders of his time. Malcolm X, all in Harlem. Wow the Harlem Renaissance where music art fashion black excellence all in one place and then when you go back and you and you look at Madam C.J. Walker and and all these things and you know Annie Malone and you start looking at these things and know how important Harlem was Harlem and again I'm not from Harlem I'm from St. Louis and I see where the things connect I know how it made me feel Duke Ellison jazz players here jazz players there and no, I wasn't there, but I just closed my eyes at times and I I visualized how life could be if we can create a, a a renaissance in 2021 where we don't have to worry about violence, where we already see what drugs done to the black community and try to remove those things, those obstacles. Where we can have a a, a whole block full of black businesses from clubs to restaurants to 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 boutiques, to tattoo parlors, to barber shops, to beauty supply, man, to all these things just owned by black people. Let's recreate Harlem, mixed with a black Wall Street. The hustle, man. I remember Payton him paid in full when he when he sold his first, when he made his first drug transaction. I know that feeling. I remember that feeling. First time making money, and it's hard to stop. My uncle used to have us walk around with lawnmowers at like nine, ten years old. We used to just cut grass. We used to just walk around, drag the lawn lawnmowers. My uncle knew everybody. Everybody loved my uncle Hen. Pull up, cut the grass. He ain't cut nothing. At once he taught us how to cut grass, he ain't cut none lawn. But he managed the money, he protected us. He paid us off and $10 was a lot. For a day of work, gave us $10, we was good. Fed us good and all of that. We get home, we tired. Now that I know how much cutting grass costs, I definitely can say he, he had a, a huge bang for his profit. But it was the learning lessons behind that, the hustle, treating people well. He was always nice to people, treating people well, making them feel good, cutting the line and getting their money. And when I got tired of cutting grass, I knew that if I make people feel good, I can get me some money. Everything I did was business, regardless of what it was, regardless of what I sold. And I sold a lot of stuff. Remember in sixth grade, I was sneaking Kool-Aid packets in and I was selling that. And I made a a nice way to, instead of putting it on your hands and licking it off, because I was like, if they're going to sell Kool-Aid in a straw, I can do this. I can make the Kool-Aid, put the sugar in there myself and put it in a bag and give you more than what you was getting from that straw in sixth grade. And I had to sneak it in because I was getting in trouble because you can't sell candy in school. They ain't even support youth entrepreneurship in school. So I had to sneak it in. I put a hole in my 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 jacket and I used to put them in there and it used to be around the rim so when they used to check me, because we had metal detectors in middle school, so when they used to check me, they never found it. And I used to have them. And I got caught because everybody's hands was red or everybody's mouth was red. Because I had it where you just put it in your mouth and you can chew on the bag. I don't know how healthy that was, but hey, we had to get it done. And it was good. I tell you, it was so good. And I was the only one doing it. I say from a pack of Kool-Aid and thing of sugar and how I was selling them, easily made $5 a day. Selling them things for 25 cents here and there. I was a hustler, man. I ain't had to be the flashiest guy. I wanted to I wasn't the dustiest, but I damn sure wasn't the flashiest. I did enough to stay under the radar, get what I needed to get, and do what I needed to do. I always try to be smart. I always try not to make decisions under any type of influence. I always try to control. I knew I wanted to drink and smoke. I always try to control how much I consume these things so that I can process at a high level. I seen what drugs and, and violence and money and relationships do to people. So I made it my duty not to allow myself to become a statistic. That's why I say I am Harlem at heart. The good, less of the bad in 2021, 2022, 2023, however long it takes me, however we can modernize that. Black creator in one space, Black economist, Black civil engineers. That's what I want to create. I felt a passion in this because I feel it. Thank y'all for allowing me to, to share this moment with you all. I didn't really understand how much Harlem meant to me in my life and my growth until today. And I'm sharing this with you all as I'm processing the meaning of Harlem. I got to visit Harlem again. But un- until next time, peace and love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Join me in my journey to success by following on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Vales World Podcast. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns you would like to address, or you just want to sponsor or feature on an upcoming episode, email me at Vales Podcast at LDMonger.com. Vales World can be heard on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, share, Leave a review or a voice message, and more importantly, support. For as little as $0.99 a month, we can take this thing a long way. Love. It's the team.